What's up, Seward County? I am Eli Swati, Executive Director of the Seward County Development Corporation, and I am excited uh, to be on our podcast uh, today for another Monday morning with all of you. Uh, today we have a special guest. We have Cody Regeer here. Cody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And we're going to talk all things fire marshal today. If you've noticed, we've been on kind of a theme, uh, trying to make sure if you're a new business, either looking to uh, launch or looking to expand, that we can answer a lot of those questions, whether that's from a building department standpoint or now today uh, from a fire marshal standpoint. So, Cody, uh, let's start off with just a, a pretty basic question, because I know I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that that have maybe heard of the fire marshal, but don't exactly know. So what what is your role? as as fire marshal as a fire marshal one of my main roles is to enforce the fire code when it comes to businesses so um, a lot of people don't know we work side by side hand in hand with the building department so most of the time when you send a project to the building department they're sending it on to me as well they're doing the building portion of it i'm looking at the fire code aspect of it and how that applies to the building Um, you also will see us out and about another one of our jobs is we do fire prevention inspections so every business in town will see a firefighter at one point during the year Um, and all we're doing there is we're looking for life safety issues Uh, the same thing business owners want we want their business to be safe Uh, sometimes in all our hectic days we've kind of overlook some of those things. So that's our role. We come in and we just assist you in making sure that your business is as safe as you want it to be as well. So Good. And I, I mean, you, you mentioned this already. And just so that we get this cleared out before we get too far into this podcast, this is not something that you guys are just making up and you've decided you're going to be firm about it. This is a, a national or international code that you guys are, are required to follow. Absolutely. Yeah, the international code. Uh, most fire departments in the country use the exact same code that we do. Uh, I go to Emmitsburg, Maryland probably once a year for training on this, and that is a worldwide training facility. Um, but I've been in classes with people from New York, from California, from Alaska, from all across the country, and we are all in the same fire code for the most part. And it, so then those codes, they have to cover everything, right? Everything from residential to, you know, small business to an old business downtown to industrial? Absolutely. Yeah, about anything you can think of, the codes going to cover it. Uh, Once in a while, we get a special topic in there that we kind of have to figure out how that fits in the code. But for the most part, our day-to-day stuff with businesses, it's in that code. We're not making anything up. All we're doing is we're reading the code and interpreting it, and then we're telling you how your business falls into this code and how you need to how the code affects what you need to do going forward. So. Exactly. So let's let's talk about that now. If if I'm a new business and I want to start in liberal, you already mentioned you work heavily with that building department there. So at, at what point do you think it's best for a, a business to get engaged and, and communicate with you as a fire marshal? And then kind of what are some of those first steps that they're going to need to go through with you? Well, I think the best time is step one is figuring out what you want to do. Step two should be getting in contact with us. You know, let us help you get a plan moving forward because 
sometimes there are big ticket items for a new business. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes the code is just going to say you're going to have to put fire sprinklers, you're going to have to put firewalls, uh, stuff like that. So you need to know that early so that you can make a plan for that because the worst thing is you have your plan all figured out and then you come in and then we lay this big ticket item on you well you weren't prepared for it and now maybe the business doesn't happen because of that so as early as you can get to us with the plan the better so we can work with you on the way because that's our goal is to work with you um we've been told more than once that we have told businesses they can't come in that's not our job Our job is not to say, hey, someone comes in and says, I want to put this business in. We don't say no. We say, okay, here's how this has to go. So the earlier, the better, always. And that that really is the case, like you said. I mean, it's a a big investment of, of time and energy and money for anyone who's starting a business. And so the sooner you can engage with this local network of support, whether that's the building department, whether that's the fire marshal, whether that's local resources for funding, the better off you'll be because you do. You eliminate those kind of unexpected uh, ch- challenges or changes that you're going to face. So that's that's good on that, that new business. Now, what about, what if I have a business already? Say I have a, a downtown business and I want to change something about it. Uh, is there a different process or, or what do they need to do if, if I'm looking to change either the footprint of that business or maybe what I offer in there? Um, yeah, that's going to be the same thing. You already have the idea. Next step is to call us. Uh, we do this probably almost on a weekly basis, it seems. Someone wants to do something different in their business. Um, That's as easy as a phone call either to myself or to the building department. Like I said, we work really close together. So the easy thing is you can call one and you actually get both of us because we communicate back and forth a lot. So the phone call just telling us, explaining to us what you want to do. The great thing is we're local and we're a smaller community that most of the time within the day, if you want us to come out and look at your facility and see if it's feasible, most of the time within that day, we can show up, we can be there, walk through it with you, go over what we see, and then give you a direction on how to move forward from that point. And that's the great thing about it. It's not just, well, that's wrong, good luck. It's that, well, here's what you have to do in order to get this up to the code and to make sure it's safe. And for the most part in code, there's options. So, you know, we can go over those options with you and then you as the business owner, you get to make the final say in what direction you want to go with it. So Good. And we'll talk. I think we have that schedule. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later on. So you, you mentioned already, too, this yearly inspection. And, and there are. It's a lot of buildings to go through. So if I'm a business owner, what can I expect on those yearly inspections in that what, what do I need to make sure I'm prepared for for those? Um, the big things we're looking in that, anything with fire code especially, it's all life safety. So we're life first. Um, very little of the fire code is actually to protect property. We want to protect life first. Then if we can save property, good. But most of the time on our annual inspections, the main items we find in violation are exit signs not being properly lit up. Um, 
uh, fire extinguishers being out of date, exits blocked, or the back exit, well, we have people go through there, so we lock that one. Well, if there's an exit sign above it, you can't lock the door. So those are the main things we find. Um, it's about a 10-minute inspection. They just take a lap around your business. And um, I encourage managers or building owners to walk with us when we do those. I understand that everyone's shorthanded these days, so you probably can't just stop what you're doing and walk with us. But um, if you can, walk with us. We can explain what we're looking at, why we're looking at it. Um, we're fixing to go with some new inspection forms. Hmm. On the back of the form, there is, it's not a complete list, but it is the general list of what we're looking for. So when we leave you a copy of that inspection, on the back of it is exactly what we're looking at. This is what we're looking for. This is why we're looking for it. So that will help you prepare for the next inspection. Then you can kind of remind yourself of what we're looking at and then you can check that too as a business owner. And again, it's it's not about, you know, penalties and, and coming out after attacking it. This is a protection on all fronts. We're trying to protect the, the life that is in your business, whether that's a, a restaurant or a shop, and also protecting you as a business owner, making mm-hmm. sure that you, you have your due diligence and you know, okay, these exits need to be open or I need to make sure this path is clear so that in the event that something does happen, uh, you at least know that you had done everything you could to be, to be safe and to be prepared for that. So that's good. And I know one thing people are concerned about when we come in is what are you going to fine us? Are you going to shut us down? Uh, Moving forward, what can we do? If it's something life safety, if you have an exit blocked, we're going to ask you to unblock that exit while we're there. That's immediate life safety hazard. If there's other issues, we're going to say, okay, how long do you need to fix this? How long is it going to take you to fix this? We're going to give you time to fix it. Um, Our goal is to never shut a business down. Our goal is to never write a ticket for a violation that we find. We want you to fix it because we want the business to continue continue to be successful so we're not coming in there looking to write tickets we're not coming in there looking to shut businesses down we want every business in town to succeed because that's good for us as city employees yeah exactly and and it really is it's those codes sometimes things change and so it's good to to know that you guys are are constantly being updated on that so that if something changes we can get that into the business world and, and make that known so i mean you you have businesses, you said, I mean, once a week or, or multiple times a week, you're, you're going out for new businesses there. Is there a, a common question that you see from new businesses? If you could wave a magic wand and say, if I could answer this for everybody right now, what are some of those questions that everyone seems to, to have? Everyone always wants to know, do I have to sprinkle this business? That is the biggest question I get. Um, And unfortunately, there's not a set in stone every single time answer. Sometimes it does depend because the sprinkler code, what we get a lot is people, the big push right now is everyone is wanting like event centers. Mm -hmm. They want places for people to gather and have events. That is the biggest push we're seeing right now. So when it comes to those, you sprinkle it after 12,000 square foot. If the building is 12,000 square foot, 
or if you're going to have more than 300 people in there by code not by well i'm only going to let 100 but we mm -hmm. have to go off of what the code allows you to have in there so 12,000 foot square foot 300 people or if you go up or down if you have a basement or a second story then it's got to be sprinkled um so that's the biggest thing. Um, and it really is that, that square footage, it's such a critical number. I mean, mm -hmm. what, what is your occupancy for that? And then uh, depending on what kind of furniture and layout, and then we talked about that when, when the building department was in here too, just how much that really makes a difference on, on what that capacity actually is. Well, and 12,000 is a big number. That's a huge building. Yeah. But the occupant load is where you get hit because it doesn't take long to get 300 people in a building according to code yeah so i've i've sat in on a few kind of downtown development webinars and, and they talk about some of these alternatives to sprinkling whether that's a particular type of paint or particular type of firewall so what are some other kind of uh, strategies or, or resources that businesses can use other than sprinkling in some situations Okay, in some situations, uh, probably the biggest one we look for alternatives in is restaurants come in. Well, restaurants, that's 5,000 square foot or 100 people. Well, that that's a pretty small window to work in. So mm -hmm. what, what we can do there is maybe you only want 90 people in your restaurant, but you want a nice big restaurant that looks nice. Um, so some options you can have there is make some of the square footage unusable. You know, set a, a stage up front that you have uh, where people can't have access to it. Put decoration up mm -hmm. there. Have some theme up there. That's going to cut some of your square footage out. That's going to allow us to write your occupant load under 100. Um, there's stuff like that you can do. If you can make square footage unusable, we can cut that out, get the numbers down where we need them to be. Um, and we're more than willing to work with businesses on that. But that's a, there's a big difference between unusable and just, well, I've spread my tables out or I put in a dance floor because that's Correct. technically still usable, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's got to be something where people aren't expected to go and use that space. Yeah, so I mean, it's coming up on springtime. We'll put a little uh, plug in here for the, the flower coop. Just go down and get a bunch of uh, get a bunch of new plants from the flower coop, and then you can cut down on some of that space down yeah, there. Absolutely. <laughs> um, as far as exceptions in the code, there really aren't exceptions. Uh, the one exception to that is many years ago when I first started in this job daycare centers were huge because we need yeah. those in this town yep. so they would come to me with the daycare center and at the time we were in the 06 fire code and 09 building code so in that code it says all daycare centers must be sprinkled wow that's it there was no exception no gray area, no gray area there so unfortunately that turned away a lot of Mm -hmm. possible daycare centers. Uh, we're now in the 2015 building code and the sprinklers are in the building code and the fire code. So if you hear building guys talk about it, it's in their book too. So 
Fortunately, we get to use the 2015 building code. Now for a daycare center, it says it must be sprinkled. And then there is one exception that says unless every classroom has a door that goes directly outside. Okay. So in that case, that has been a great change in the code. And we have used that one probably three or four times already. So that's been a huge change in the code that has been a definite help for our community. Exactly, because that is that is one of those that business or that category that is just so needed in the community. Yep. And it's good to see that even the code writer said, okay, do we... Do we force all of them to, to put this cost burden on? Because I assume sprinkler systems are not cheap. Uh, or do we give them an alternative that's relatively reasonable? Um, and that's that's good to hear that they did that. Uh, well, Cody, thank you so much for joining us today. Any uh, any other thoughts from, from the fire code perspective as far as uh, what you'd like to see moving forward with new businesses coming to Liberal? I just encourage everyone, call us early. That's the biggest thing I can say is call us early. Give us a chance to work with you. That's going to make it better for both parties. So Exactly, and, and we say the same here at the Development Corporation. If you don't know where to go, come in and ask us. Uh, we'll get you pointed in the right direction. We can talk about business plans. We can talk about financing options. But we really appreciate you coming in today and talking about that. I mean, it's great to know, uh, one, that you guys are out and about always working to make these businesses safer and the community safer, and two, that, that you do have options and support to help these businesses get through it all. Um, so thanks again. Uh, looking forward to, to working with you down the road. All right. Thank you. What's Up Seward County is a weekly podcast brought to you by the Seward County Development Corporation. We're located in downtown Liberal at 303 North Kansas Avenue in Suites 101 and 102. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please give us a call at 620-604-5136. Thank you for listening.